The storied legacy of Mercedes-Benz is rooted in empowered women who've gone on to show the world what they can accomplish. This July, Womanica has teamed up with Mercedes-Benz to feature women who've charted their own paths and achieved greatness. Join us on this journey as we celebrate women who were driven to pursue their passions, even if it meant changing course along the way. This month on Womanica, we're talking about dynamos. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're highlighting women who've led dynamic lives that have shifted, evolved, and bloomed, often later in life. Today's Womanikin is credited with producing the first photographic close-ups. She received her first camera when she was 48 years old and spent the next decade of her life feverishly producing dreamy portraits that became synonymous with her name, Julia Margaret Cameron. Julia was born Julia Margaret Paddle on June 11, 1815, a child of the English Empire in India. Her father worked for the East India Company, and her mother was a French aristocrat. Julia had six sisters who remained close throughout their lives, so much so that their bond was dubbed the Paddledom. While the Paddledom grew up in Kolkata, India, they also spent time in France and South Africa. While she was living in South Africa in her early 20s, Julia met Charles Hay Cameron. He was a legal scholar, 20 years her senior, and looked a little bit like Merlin the Wizard, a glow with long white hair and a scraggly long white beard. They married in Kolkata in 1838. Julia raised a total of 11 children. Five were her own, five were the children of relatives, and another was an adopted orphaned girl. In 1845, the family moved to England, where Julia's creative life bloomed. Julia started writing poetry and even started a novel. Meanwhile, her husband Charles invested in coffee and rubber plantations in Ceylon, now Sri Lanka. In 1863, they were living in a town called Freshwater on the Isle of Wight, an island off the southern coast of England known for its jagged white cliffs. While Charles was in Ceylon, tending to one of his plantations, Julia's daughter gave her a gift intended to keep her busy in her solitude. Julia's daughter wrote, It may amuse you, mother, to try to photograph during your solitude at Freshwater. This new object, a sliding box camera, took over Julia's life. In her unfinished memoir, Annals of My Glass House, Julie described the intensity with which she took to her new calling. She went to the old chicken coop out back in a frenzy and freed the hens in order to create a studio. When she brought in the camera, she didn't know where or how to place it. When she began taking photographs, she didn't know what to tell her subject and at one point blurred out one of the sides by rubbing her hand over the filmy side of the glass. But regardless of her amateur mistakes, Julia threw herself into learning and wrangled every person who came to visit into her studio. Even if they refused, Julia insisted. Sometimes she asked them to dress for their portraits as figures from mythology, Christian tales, and literature. In order to expose their image well, Julia had them sit in their poses for long periods of time. The hens and chickens had been replaced by her many subjects as she wrote, poets, prophets, painters, and lovely maidens who all in turn have immortalized the humble little farm. Within a year, she'd taken the first image she was proud of, 
Julia developed an unmistakable style. Close-up, slightly out-of-focus images that gave her subjects a dreamy quality. Julia copyrighted, marketed, and sold her images and fought for them to be seen in the way she did, as high art. But her contemporaries didn't take her seriously. And if anything, chalked her style up to imprecision rather than talent. Julia didn't care. She took to her work with as much zeal and enthusiasm as ever. Anthony Lane from The New Yorker wrote, She conducted herself as if wishing to prove to the relevant authorities that a single lifetime was an insultingly brief span in the light of all that needed and begged to be achieved. Julia did achieve some recognition and financial success in her lifetime. She held exhibits, was featured in galleries, and became a member of the Photographic Society of Scotland. In 1873, the family moved to Salon, and though Julia took some photographs in her later years, the most prolific period of her life came to an end. In her 12-year career, she had produced almost a 1,000 photographs. A friend of hers later wrote about how empty the Cameron home felt in Freshwater once they left. All its old feverish life and bustle are stilled, as is the heart which beat here in true sympathy with every living creature that came within its reach. Her pretty maids, her scholars, her poets, her philosophers, astronomers, and divines— all those men of genius who came and sat willingly to her while in a fever of artistic emotion. They have all gone, and silence is the only tenant left. Julia died on January 26, 1879. She was 64 years old. All month, we're highlighting the stories of dynamos. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.